my Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here. That you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today's uh, reading from the, the Gospel of Saint Luke is is one of the shortest that we have in the Gospel readings, but at the same time it evokes something very important uh, for our life. It is the passage in St. Luke when Jesus is just talking to a crowd. We don't really know how big the crowd was, but as he's talking, we get a heckler. Well, a heckler. Somebody who suddenly just broke out in praise for Jesus's mother. She saw the wonderful things he was saying. No doubt she had seen the miracles, how he had driven out demons. And she suddenly just said, blessed is the womb that carried you and the breasts at which you nursed. And everybody, you can just imagine the silence that must have followed at such, a, at such words of praise. Blessed be the womb that held you and the, and, the, and the breasts that nursed you, that you nursed. You must have had a wonderful mother, in other words. And he said, rather, blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it, or hear the word of God and keep it, or hear the word of God and remain faithful to it. And so as we hear these words of our Lord, we know when he says that, when the Lord refers to that, it seems to refer to the very instant in which he himself was conceived. Because it was in the moment in which the Blessed Mother, his mother and our mother, it was in the moment in which she heard the message of the angel, Gabriel, announced to her that she would be the mother of God, that this key moment had come, the fullness of time had come, and that she would bear a son and name him Jesus. And after she understood what was going on, she said, be it done to me according to your word. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. It's almost as though Jesus, who is God, and who was suddenly incarnated in that moment, seemed to remember it, it seems, even though he was only conceived right there in that instant. He was conceived, not before, not after, but right in the moment in which Our Lady gave her her consent. What we say, we use the word in Latin, fiat, which means be it done. Fiat is the Latin, be it done. So it was Gabriel, the messenger who was sent to announce this most important of all messages of all of humanity. In some ways, all of humanity depended on her yes, on her desire to do the will of God. Now, there was a preacher or a priest in the um, 
in the 12th century, his name was Saint Bernard of Clairvaux. He was a very famous preacher. He, he, he knew, well, he wrote a lot and uh, he was very pious and he had a great, great love for our Blessed Mother. And he became the abbot of, of, a, of a large, large monastery in, uh, in France. And he has a wonderful homily in which he recounts these precious moments of the angel Gabriel. And he kind of imagines himself there and he helps to place us there too. He says, the angel awaits an answer. It is time for him to return to God who sent him. We too are waiting, O lady, for your word of compassion. The sentence of condemnation weighs heavily upon us. The price of our salvation is offered to you. We shall be set free at once if you consent. In the eternal word of God, we all came to be and behold, we die. In your brief response, we are to be remade in order to be recalled to life. See, he's imagining all of humanity just waiting for her yes, for her fiat. Everything depends on her saying yes to the will of God there. Everything, the whole humanity, the salvation. And he goes on to describe that, that, that how even, even Adam is waiting for an answer. Even Abraham and David, who she was in the lineage of David, he too is begging for an answer. And all the holy patriarchs as well. Because they're in the shadow of death. They're in their own world. They can't be freed from that. And they're just waiting for a simple word. They're like, they're like, you know, like, like when, what's his name, threw that basket and we saw the ball go into the, you know, is it going to go, is it going to go? All it had to do is go through that basket. So he continues, he says, answer quickly, O virgin. Reply in haste to the angel, or rather through the angel to the Lord. Answer with a word. Receive the word of God. Speak your own word. Conceive the divine word. Breathe a passing word. Embrace the eternal word. Breathe the passing word and embrace the eternal word. Jesus is the eternal word of God, the, the, the consubstantial word with God the Father. He's the love between God the Father. Well, no, the, the Holy Spirit is the love between God the Father and the, and the Son. But he, Jesus is the word of God. And Bernard says, why do you delay? Why are you afraid? Well, we may not really have heard God's call like that, like the Blessed Mother did. Like, you no, know, it's described that she saw an angel, but of course angels don't, they don't have any physical appearance. Uh, they, don't, they don't have wings or long flowing hair or anything like that because they're spiritual creatures, right? They're, they have a huge intelligence. They're very capable of understanding, but they don't have bodies. They're just spirits. Sometimes they're presented in the guise of light, just light. I don't know what that, just light, like a, I don't know, you know, so. But 
But sometimes it's true that God's, God has a messenger that he sends us because he has a will for us. He has a desire for us. After all, God sent Gabriel to Mary because God's will was that she be the mother of God. And he sends us messengers too. We may not see it or understand it the way our Blessed Mother did, but we have demands. We have, you know, things that God wants from us. And maybe we're attached to our comforts. And, uh, you know, you see that parents often tell their kids what to do. I mean, it's normal. They say, parents often tell, please do the dishes. Please, can you please clean your room? Can you please take the garbage out? Can you do this? Can you do that? You know, I mean, I'm sure it happens in all families. Can you make your bed? Can you, can you do this? Can you do that? It often happens. We, I'm sure we've all experienced it. I'm sure probably today your parents asked you to do something. I guess. No? And secretly, when we hear our parents asking us to do things, maybe we're kind of secretly waiting for them to tell us to do something so that we can act right, and respond. But there comes an age, there comes a time when we get older when we no longer, we no longer need to be told. We know we have to clean the dishes. We know we have to put the garbage out. We know we have to clean our room. We know all that stuff. We don't just have to be repeatedly told because we enter into a form of maturity and we have taken on the responsibility of those small demands, small or bigger demands of life. But it, it still means that God is calling us, is asking of us something. And Our Lady, of course, was able to respond because she was not afraid. She responded courageously to the call, really to be what we might call the end point of the fullness of time. You know, all the Old Testament prophecies all the, the accounts of the Old Testament from, from Adam, from the first Eve, to uh, Noah, to Abraham, to King David, and then Isaiah the prophet, Ezekiel, and then Jeremiah, and then Daniel, they all made you know, premonitions or, or, or prophecies that a virgin would conceive. Certainly Isaiah did, and she certainly would have known that that a virgin from the house of David would conceive. But she didn't think it was her. She thought, me? How could, it, how could I possibly have all those qualities? And yet in her humility, she believed because that angel spoke to her like that. And she understood that this was the will of God. That's what she understood. That's why Jesus later on said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. And observe it. There's a, there's a great point here in uh, Forge. You know Forge, right? It's a, a book of little aphorisms by St. Maria. Short little texts. Some of them are longer than others, but they're just like little short things. Here's a very, very short one. Just like the, the gospel of today is very short, but this one is like super short. It, said, it says, basically what our life should be. He says, it would be good if it could be said of you that the distinguishing feature of your life was 
loving God's will. That's the distinguishing feature of your life. Loving God's will. And it's a good question to ask, you know, how, how would you define your life? You know, when you talk about a definition, definition of something is always something that goes to the essentials, defining features, not simply, not simply something accidental. And St. Rosemaria wants the defining elements of your life to be always seeking at every moment, at every time, to do the will of God. That means that we have to seek it out. That means we must not think that there is not a concrete project that God has for you. That God has a purpose. He has a providence. We call it divine providence, right? Sometimes things go bad, things go difficultly. We could get an illness or a sickness or we have some kind of failure in some way, something that makes us suffer. It's very important at that moment to turn our gaze not just so much at the fact that we're going through this, but turning our gaze to how, how God sees me. How does God see me? Do you think that when you suffer in some way or when you have a setback or a difficulty or a pain or, or you experience shame in some way, do you think, do you think, is it possible, do you actually think in some way that God is saying to you, serves her right, I'm happy she's suffering, that's great, uh, too bad for her, or that he's going, <laughs> you know, like uh, he's, kind of rubbing his hands together in glee. No, no, he's got a bigger plan. He's got a big plan for you. And it's a loving plan. He looks upon us. He looks upon you with love. And if we can see that, all things will be good. It doesn't mean we won't suffer. It doesn't mean we won't go through a hardship. But all things will be good because God is a loving Father and He loves us and we have to go back to that. You see, for us, the will of God has to be like a compass. It tells us which way is pointing north. A compass. Keeps us properly located on the map of our life. If you're in the open sea without a compass, without a sextant, and you have no clear idea where the port is or where home is, and you try to make it home and you start paddling, you're probably gonna end up going in circles. It's almost certain you're gonna go in circles. If you can't see the horizon, you can't see anything. Unless you have a, a compass, then you can keep going the right, at least one direction. So it's very good to ask, you know, how have I incorporated the will of God into my life? the truth of the will of God, the reality, not just my will, not just my vision, not just my perspective. Because if we only look at life through our, the sort of our glasses, this can be very stultifying. You know what I mean by stultifying? It means it, it, means it, it can be very, like a, it can give us a very low horizon, kind of regressive, if you like, because it is not always tied 
to the truth about our being, about who we are. <coughs> I don't know if you um, remember the story of, of this fellow whose name is Bosco Gutierrez. I probably told you the story before. I think it was in 1990 that he was, he was kidnapped and held hostage for 257 days. Not quite a year, but close. And his captors put him in a small cell and they masked their faces so he could not see their faces at all. They had hoods on. And they never talked to him so that you could not even recognize their voices. And um, he was, they were trying to uh, sort of organize ransom and uh, it was, there was an international thing and he was stuck there and they would just basically feed him a bit of food every day and that's it. But of course he was a good uh, Christian, he started praying every day asking God to free him from this situation. And then one day, or one night rather, he had a dream. And he suddenly saw himself in hell. I guess, I guess he was surrounded by flames, or I don't know. But, but, and suddenly one of his masked captors, with this mask on, came to him and said to him, I'm in hell because I was bad and nobody told me that I was wrong. And you, you are in hell, hell as well, because you didn't help me. You didn't help me. So, I mean, these captors were really evil men, but he was in hell too. And he woke up, you know, and he, well, he was still kind of in hell in the sense that he was in, the, in this cell, right? So he realized suddenly that his captors also had souls and needed to be saved. So he started to pray even more for them. Before he wasn't really praying for them, he was just praying for himself. He just wanted to, to be freed. And in fact, at Christmas time, he told them that he wanted to pray together with them. And, and they opened the door to his cell just a little bit so, and they were ready to listen to him. And, and he had gotten a gospel and he read them the story of Christmas, the account of the birth of our Lord. And he included the account of Mary receiving the announcement of the angel, that it be done unto me according to thy word. And, and, and then at the end, he prayed a decade of the Holy Rosary. And one by one, each one came forward and shook his hand. Because it was Christmas and... Uh, and he said, can you imagine the happiness that I felt inside my soul? That was the greatest, the greatest, the happiest Christmas I'd ever experienced. Because somewhere there, he was somehow, despite the hardship, despite the lack of freedom he had in that cell, he felt free because he was saying yes to God's will. He was listening to the word of God and obeying it or embracing it and living it and right now living God's will was simply to accept the fact that he was you know that he was kidnapped and yet accept that he had a deep happiness because he was able to tap into that new freedom about himself about 
God's plan for him. He kind of managed, as we said, he, he managed to see himself from God's perspective. It was the happiest Christmas I ever had. He treated them like humans. And he could have been overwhelmed by anger. He could have been overwhelmed by resentment, by sadness, frustration. Because it was a terrible injustice that he suffered. But he suddenly saw that that kidnapping, wow, that was part of God's will for him. And he really had to make the best of it. And so, let's make the best of God's will. Maybe we have to embrace this COVID thing, the fact that you're now wearing masks, you can barely breathe, and I can't see you smile right now. I can kind of tell by the eyes sometimes, but it's hard to tell. But we have to embrace this, and we shouldn't complain, and we shouldn't be angry about it. It's a good sign that we're doing well if the level of our complaints has gone down. Not because we're passive, but simply because we've said, Lord, this is part of your divine providence. I accept it as an occasion to purify me, to hear your will, and to accomplish it. You know? Blessed are those who hear the word of God and live it. And like our Blessed Mother, she must have been, wow, I mean, she must have been a woman so full of peace, so full of serenity, so full of goodness all the time. Why? Because she was always, like, totally totally living out the will of God, the God's plan for her since all eternity. And it's very clear that God has a plan for you. He has a plan for me, He has a plan for everybody. And it's a beautiful, like if you could see it, you know, like the, the, you know, the, these actors sometimes, they receive scripts from uh, producers and they're told, here, read the script and see if you like it. Maybe you want to play that character in the scene, you know. And they get amazing scripts. Wow, it's a beautiful story. And they imagine it. It's, it's an amazing, I don't know, a love story, an adventure story, a Mission Impossible story. So that's what you have to imagine. God has a wonderful adventure for you. But like any movie, I mean, there's always some problems. But that's part of the adventure. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a great movie. It would be just a soap opera. It would just be kind of kind of boring. boring. So we ask our Blessed Mother to help us to embrace God's will and have a, have a rich bank account in embracing this will for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me. In this meditation, I ask you to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.